The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. No one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin, but I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O oh, you of little faith? So do not worry and say, What are we to eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. This is Radio Wave Medjinomics with your host, a friend of Medjugorje. What is it that drives the heart today? Those things that surround it. Those things that assail it. We're every day about the economy and how bad things are. It's really amazing how good things really are. What this talk and these voices are all about, though, is knowing that what's coming... And it's really a fear of what they think may be or what could be. And we who pray know what will be. It's not a matter, is it going to? It's just when is it going to do it? Total societal collapse. And so these voices are out there saying about things are bad and all these statistics and all this is happening and that's happening. And really, everybody's eating, they're sheltered, they're being taken care of. Uh, a hurricane hits, a storm hits, or a snowstorm, ice storm, aid comes to them. What happens when all this goes away? Well, if you're getting out of the system and you're building your own system, you're getting away from the dollar, 
You're insuring yourself. Don't think the insurance company is going to be able to come to your rescue. And if they gave you all the money in the world, the money's worth nothing, what's it going to do for you? When everybody's wanting their own food and trying to take care of their own needs and meet them the best way they can because there's nothing there. Is this our doomsday? No, because our lady's here with us to bring us a new world and bring us to a new time. She says this time is a holy time. Purification by the visit of God is always holy. It's not always pleasant. But those who face the most severe trials for the way they live their life in holiness and then had to be persecuted, martyred even, were at peace and happy with themselves because they did everything they could to go all the way in fulfilling what God wants them to do. And the final God is self-mortification, a self-imposed limits on how far you can go. And when you go too far, you have to correct that. And that brings you back to peace. But we've got a society that does not want to correct itself. We've got a way of life of people in the, in the culture that wants no bounds. And it's easy to break those. We do it financially every day. We do it through a myriad of other ways. And God can no longer tolerate that which we want to make normal. And we see impoverishment coming, poverty coming in a way that we can't even fathom nor imagine the gravity of which it will hit us. Mariana talked about that she feels sorry for the children of the future. What if a mother's breastfeeding her child and not even enough nutrition to keep it living and starves to death at her breast? What kind of pain will that be? Reading a book called The Priest Block, he talks about, you know, you can go hungry in your life, you can fast, you can do things, or you can go 40 days without food. But real, real hunger is something he says you can never imagine what it's like until you get to that point where you go months of not eating. And only having a little bitty small piece of bread every day. That you will gladly eat a roach or a rodent if you could catch it. Or anything that has some substance that you can eat. Because a hunger drives you almost insane. Will we see that? Well, we've got a complex economic situation that we talk about poverty and how people are in poverty today, but we really don't know poverty. True poor of the poor is those who lack the necessities to stay alive. And really, there's nowhere in this country except for abuse of children, the parents aren't feeding them or they got locked away or something, that that can happen. And really, in the world. And where it does happen in the world through famine or whatever, it's the distribution of the governments who's getting aid, who's not distributing it. They're getting rich off of it. So we are ungrateful for the many blessings that's enjoined upon us. And we've been following ever since. We think we're going to evaporate, eliminate, however you want to say it, poverty itself. London Johnson tried to do that. And from the moment he tried to do that, poverty has increased. Because we start saying laziness... It's okay, and we'll take care of you. Not the virtues of Christianity. You get out and work for your keep. 
So we've got a whole culture, a whole life, a whole people that are voting their pocketbooks, no matter what the man is up there who's elected, as long as they're taken care of. And this nation has fallen because of this. We don't have immigrants coming into this nation that's proud to be Americans. They spit in our face. They don't like us. They don't want to speak our language anymore. We should demand that respect. My dad, when we went to first grade, spoke Italian. No English. You think they gave him Italian classes? No way. They spoke to him in English, taught him in English. He learned English. Russia has 16 different languages. They can never be completely united. Daniel Webster knew one of the graces of the United States was one language connected all people across the land from one end to the other. It's unity. It's not diversity. Diversity is from the devil. He divides. Diverse, what does it mean? People of different thinking. It's not biblical. This promotion of this is to divide. Its fruit is division. Unity is one language. And so we see this whole system from one side to the other coming apart. I think we need to teach people in their own language. This is garbage, and it's divisive, destructive, and will destroy and divide this nation into different peoples instead of one. I think I talked about it before. When the Vietnamese came to this country, my wife and I were in mass years ago, probably 30 years ago, and they, they played God Bless America at the end, I think was the song, or um, Glory Hallelujah, one of them. And they had their hand on their heart. All of them had tears coming down their face. They were in America. They believed they were a part of something grand, bigger than themselves, something of God. So privileged were they that they were proud to be here. And we're let people in this country who want to spit on it. They leave a country that they don't like. They come to get the spoils and the riches from this country and yet despise us. Why? Because we don't demand respect. We don't tell them you can't come in here legally. And we've got a social justice system and the church is sick. A lot of it is traces from liberation theology. Social justice is simply turning injustice back to justice. That's all. And we don't understand these things. And so we're fallen as a people. And a lot of this started in the church, and a lot of it started with people like Lyndon Baines Johnson. This comes from an article written by Terrence Jeffrey. It's entitled, Escape Poverty. Graduate, work, get married, have kids. Fifty years ago this month, in his State of the Union address, President Lyndon Johnson declared an unconditional war on poverty in America. Over the next two years, he massively expanded the federal government, creating Medicaid, Medicare, and the food stamp program, and increasing federal involvement in public education. What impact did this have on poverty? In the mid-1960s, the percentage of Americans living in poverty was on its way down, dropping from 22% in 1959 to 14% by 1966. Yet, since Johnson declared his war on poverty, in 1964, the poverty rate has never dropped significantly since then. But what causes some people to be relatively poorer than others in the United States? 
The Census Bureau determines who is in poverty by placing them on a scale that measures income by family size. In 2012, a single person under 65 would be in poverty if he earned less than $12,000. A family of nine with seven children under 18 would be in poverty if they earned less than $46,000. In 1964, 19% of Americans fell below the, the federal poverty level, but they were not equally distributed demographically. Members of families were less likely to be in poverty than Americans overall. But Americans in families headed by a female with no husband present were far more likely to be in poverty than Americans overall. The question to be posed then is could differences in family structure contribute to differences in family income? What about children? Could they make a difference? Single women did better if they had no children, but married couples did better with children. So in addition to getting married and having children, are there any other secrets to financial success? Yes, go to school and do your homework. High school dropouts had a significantly lower median household income than those who were high school graduates. And the same comparison could be made between college dropouts and college graduates. It also helps to get a job and keep it. American families in which the householder worked at a full-time job at least 50 weeks during the year had a median income of $83,000. Married couples in which both the husband and the wife worked in 2012 were well out of reach of the poverty level. No doubt many of these husbands and wives both held jobs because they wanted to earn the money to raise and educate their own children. But what has happened to family life and the work ethic since LBJ and his liberal allies declared their war on poverty? Last week, the Federal Centers for Disease Control published its report on births in the United States in 2012. It pointed to two telling trends. Unwed motherhood remained near an historic high while the overall fertility rate hit an historic low. Americans are having relatively fewer babies, and more of them are illegitimate. As recently as 1980, only 18.4% of the babies born in the United States were illegitimate. In 2008, the percentage exceeded 40% for the first time. In the fourth quarter of 2011, according to the Census Bureau, 108,592,000 Americans, 35% of the population, received benefits from one or more federal welfare programs. That number will surely rise if Americans continue having 40% of their babies out of wedlock. And in their war on poverty, left-wing politicians will no doubt increasingly target for redistribution the wealth of married two-parent, hard-working, diploma-earning families who caused this nation's income inequality by living exactly the sorts of lives we must live if we wish to remain free. The principles of eliminating poverty are in the principles of Christianity. Work. Proverbs says, The man who sleepeth will be led to poverty. 
And plenty of scripture verses tell you what to do. And if this rings out from the pulpit, instead of saying somebody owes you because of this and all the people that are on jobs, they get found jobs. If you unregulate everything, you get government off your back, then those who are hungry will find a way to eat. Yes, some through thievery. But all this is a failure, really, of the church, or the members of the church, rather. Church doesn't fail, it's Christ. <clears throat> the real thing that would drive our culture is morals. You hear about the legitimacy here that Joan just read. We can't go anywhere but down. And we're not going to go anywhere but down because we're not, we're not reversing this right now. And so that's the whole premise of Our Lady coming, to draw us back. And as she bore Jesus in her womb, she said, I bear you into holiness. Because that's the ticket. It's just pray. It's just that simple. Start living God's statutes. And everything is taken care of from there. It's a wonderful thing now, than what in the 50s and the 60s, those who remember, that when you got in your car, you had to worry a whole lot more about things going across the country than just putting gasoline in it, keeping the oil changed. Back then, it wasn't unlikely that you could go out somewhere and see four or five different people broke down on the side of the road. Cars were not reliable as they are today. Today, all you have to do is just keep gas in it and change your oil or have somebody else do it for you. Very little worry about it. It's dependable. All you have to do with God is pray, live his statutes. And everything else, you go on for the ride. He takes care of your income. He takes care of everything. He blesses you. All the morals, statutes lived, bring the fruit of having a reliable car. In other words, a reliable society that would take care of things. Everything falls into place naturally. That's because it's God's blessing that brings it about. Through you living the moral life. We've lost this. And therefore, we've lost our economy, we've lost our culture, and we've lost our way. As the lady said, we're people who've lost God. When you lose that, you lose everything. And so things are coming to that point. And only when people cry out to God, when they've lost everything, they've been devastated in the way they live and what they have, will things begin to change. So we've got a passage to go through. It won't be pleasant. But you can make changes now to at least alleviate it, to mitigate it. But you have to act. Frank? So what should we do at this point? And it, it becomes mathematically ludicrous to be in dollar-denominated assets now. And the reason it is is because it's not money, it's the illusion of money. You don't get interest, you get the illusion that you're getting interest because you really have a deflating currency, and they name that inflation, but it, but it's really a currency that's deflating, and so you never calculate your interest based on what the inflation rate is, but it's a, it's a system that, to quote the Bible, was and is not. It's devoid of God. It is going to dawn on people that you can't create any more land. And if you're creating $86 billion more dollars, or if you're adding maybe 7% to the, to the whole dollar base every year, um, and you're not adding any land, you're not adding any, silver's finite, gold is finite, 
these people begin to very quietly, when they figure this out, exit that system and go into something that's real. Because this system is not real. And so you have a 401k statement, and it says that you have 100000 in there, but go try to purchase breakfast with that statement. You don't have anything. You don't have anything unless you can get it into your hands and turn it into something. So you have the system that isn't, and if you don't believe me, a day after too many people figure this out, it won't be there anymore. And somebody will call and ask me, well, I can't get rid of my retirement because then what am I going to live off? Well, how can I put everything into silver? Um, and, and we never talk about silver. We're talking about silver, the miraculous metal Medjugorje round, because it has more purpose than silver. And it, it, is, uh, it has the purpose of conversion. But when you put it in this form of silver, it's, it's more liquid or it's easy to turn into something that you can purchase with like the dollar, if we're still using it quickly and temporarily because somebody understands that and they'll take that, you can go right to your coin dealer. You go to your basement, you get it out, or you put it in the mail. Um, it's it's quicker than having to call somebody on the phone um, and, you know, safer than having to liquidate it, wait three days for it to clear, and then they'll send you a check, you know, if the system's still, still going. But it's more and more people figure out that this is this is outside of natural law and that nature never forgives they're going to exit the system and it's not going to be there anymore it's just it's as simple as that and you know who knows um what it'll be at that time but it's um it's certainly not overstated the things that we're saying on this program it's going to be um worse than anything that the world has ever seen the uh, exit out of the cities is showing up just as far as tracing money, where it's going right now, is in the land. The rural areas, the land that's up for sale in, in the rural areas, is not staying up very long. A month or two and it's gone. It's being snatched right up compared to houses and land in the city. Now's the time to act. This is the things we're talking about. Step out of the culture, step out of the society. And the way it's going, and other people are already waking up to, to this. Not necessarily because they're doing it for religious purposes. They know to flee the city. We've got our first, or actually our third, how-to convention paralleled on. They fired the first shot, showing how to go to the community, showing them the steps they need to take, showing how to get land showing how to build a system that locally you can protect yourselves and to build the culture that our lady's talking about through our messages. Those dates will be April 29th through May 1st. So this will be our third conference that we've had here. They're very beautiful, very powerful, very profound. People meet with each other. They connect with each other. Some come from each states and we geographically put people together. People have bought land after being here because of that. And this is the time to act on these things. In fact, Frank's what he's doing in Georgia already came from these these conferences. And so we are ready to take action. We're looking at 2014. We've set the dates. We knew we were going to have another. And a lot of people called to ask him when are we going to do the next one. So mark that date, April 29th, May 1st. This is the first announcement of it. We haven't put it out yet. We just actually, today is the day that we pegged down these dates. 
Uh, we'll have Chris in here. We'll Sheriff Mack will be here. Other people will be here. We'll have things behind the scenes that will show about how we do our grand way of life. And you leave here, people leave here on fire. And it motivates and connects. And by then we'll have they fire the first shot. We're still on the verge of getting it. There's things we've worked out in our, the website itself up and running. And so this is something important that you need to really plan to attend if you're interested in saving this nation and saving yourself, not by your own power, but by God's grace of what he's shown us during the path he's talking about to read the future. Frank? Yeah, it's life or death important. Um, the uh, I'm excited because I didn't know that um, this was coming up, and uh, and very excited to hear it. Um, you know, I can't wait to... Uh, to be there, you just, you learn things that, um, you know, are, you know, foundational. Chris Ann is awesome in the history that she teaches. The things that you learn there are invaluable. And uh, in the whole thing that's put together with They Fire the First Shot 2012 is you connect with other people. And we're starting to experience the beauty of community life. Uh, you know, we're not, we're all building there. We're, you know, we're not living together yet, but we're praying together. And, uh, it, it's really awesome what has happened to us from reading They Fired the First Shot in 2012, going to these conferences and, and learning these things about how America was set up and the beauty of, um, of how this land was set up and, and how we can, uh, defend the freedoms that our forefathers, uh, gave to us and fought and, and died. You know that we would we would have them. Well, it's also it's also not a coincidence that uh, they fired the first shot is is a released and then people are taking the book and placing it into action and then Our Lady comes after a period of uh, I don't know I believe it was six eight months or maybe even a little bit longer than that. It speaks about community in a very direct way for the first time really. Uh, in in the history of apparitions, in the context of a group of people coming together and living as a as a body of people, as a community, and then speaking about it, I believe two more times since then, uh, it's not a coincidence that these things are like this. So uh, these conferences are important to, to attend, or actually these conventions are important to attend. Uh, they're important for you to be in connecting with people of like minds, uh, like heart, uh, people who are interested in 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 becoming of uh, deeper followers of Our Lady in a concrete way. We're not for those of you who who have followed the writings of a friend of Medjugorje for for these for many years and have uh, read the newsletters, have been to Caritas and listened to the talks and to the radio shows. A lot of what's presented to you, it's not it's not pie in the sky stuff here. Uh, it's not uh, it's not idealistic things that can't be reached. It's not the deep philosophical things that uh, that require degrees just to simply understand the words that you have to use to explain them. It's, these are simple things that Our Lady is coming to show us that will change uh, the future of the world. And if you want a different future, then you've got to change the present. That's what they fired the first shot is all about. That's what these conventions are all about. So this is a must-attend. And again, those dates are April the 29th through May the 1st. And there will be information that we'll be posting at the beginning of the week on Medjugorje.com as well. Frank, your contact information? You can reach us uh, toll-free, 877 
You can email us at globalsilverinvestors at yahoo.com, and the website is globalsilverinvestors.com. Any last comment? Yeah, you, you cannot believe the purchasing power you're getting, um, particularly from the U.S. dollar. You will not, in the future, these opportunities will be unbelievable to you, that you're able to take advantage of something that other people aren't seeing yet because uh, they're not following Our Lady, they're not praying, they're not fasting. And, and literally, I believe when I was praying about this one day, how silver could still remain this low, and um, I opened up the message and it said, with prayer and fasting, you can suspend the laws of nature. And so they're being suspended, the laws of nature, which would make silver go up parabolically against the dollar. They're being suspended, but not totally averted. So take advantage of this, um, because you just can't, can't believe what the dollar will purchase of real things. And, and eventually, by its very nature, uh, it's not going to purchase anything. Um, because it isn't anything. It, it's uh, the illusion of money. And that's right. And we talk about this on Medianomics because in Ezekiel it says, Thus says the Lord God, I will put an end to the wealth. When we go astray as we have now, what else do we leave God's chances or His path to take for us except that? We wish you, Our Lady. We love you. Goodbye. The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional.